This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. This is Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Bob Keipel. Uh, today we're joined by Wally Wasilewski, and Wally has a really rich history in the in the uh, contact or call center industry. Um, he presently works as a CRM and ERP consultant for Velocio. Um, but big reason that we've we're, we brought Wally in today is to talk a little bit about CRM and the role of of customer relationship management software and the management of the relationship with a customer. Um, Wally and I were having a nice discussion offline and thought this would be a great um, discussion for the show. So Wally, uh, during our discussion, you, you, you raise an interesting point that, that customer relationship management tools or CRM can become a secret weapon for customer service and the customer experience. Um, can you explain that a little bit about what you mean? Yeah, thanks guys for inviting me here. Um, yeah, so the customer relationship management is that tool that is behind the scenes that people don't necessarily see that has all this data, and it's just a powerful way to get information about a customer and be able to present it up on a screen so that the person talking, we'll say it's a customer service representative or even a sales representative, so that they have that full view of the 360 degree view of the the client or the customer and so that allows them to know you know uh, what they purchased how many times we contacted them do they have any issues uh, trouble tickets into the company all that information right there at their fingertips so um, you said it's a secret weapon um, yeah this might be a little bit of a tangent I apologize if it is yeah. I've been reading a lot about AI and biotech yeah. in the future. Um, how transparent are should we be about that data that we have when we're dealing with people? You yeah, know, so does it make people uncomfortable when you say, "Hey, I see it. You ordered seven times, and you like, you know, purple and these sorts of things." That and that's a great point. So they, um, they're. There's a lot to that <laughs> because uh, if it's a, if it's involved with us interacting with the client, like you know, how many orders or trouble tickets and things like that, that's not so invasive. We customers expect you to know that. But if you start getting into the, you know, like you said, color purple, I have two dogs, and, and I've never really said anything like that before, sometimes it gets a little bit, um, edgy on that kind of stuff, but the the AI even comes into play uh, with helping the analytics behind it, helping the the person uh, at the company ask the right questions. Because 
we could go out there and see because even though you have all this information you got to digest it we're still human so the ai can be out there to help formulate the questions of you know hey you know they've had this uh this many issue tickets in the last three months and only two of them got resolved blah, 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 blah. and so let's ask this question so that kind of thing the ai makes the experience better because the intellectual it makes it seem like the the person that we're talking to is really on top of knowing me that probably involves a lot of training though, for the people talking like because you may have a lot of sort of information at your fingertips you don't need to use necessarily yeah the the training actually comes into also the the part of you know what you collect and how you use it um you know i uh recently had a conversation in the the medical area and because they are looking at that too um you know like mayo clinic is using ai uh to help diagnose stuff and so the the part of where you're you know you get into that is um you're taking all these analytics from okay pattern people like you typically do this kind of thing and that's where you start to border on the hey they, you know you know you know me better than i know me um that's where it starts getting a little gray on okay this is a little bit weird <laughs> so wally where where does all this information come from so you mentioned a few examples here well the it comes from a lot of different sources um so a lot of it is uh traditionally up until the, the ai um piece of it but traditionally it's been stuff that we the companies have collected over the years um and then you know you used to be able to buy you know marketing lists and things like that and add stuff in there well now with social media people are basically giving you this information you know they're they're you know, on the Google, they're on Amazon, and Amazon's a great example because you're buying all this various products, and they're just collecting all this information about what your buying patterns are, you know, what kind of credit cards you're doing, where is it being delivered to, is it all at home, Is it? are you sending it somewhere, so this means you know somebody else, LinkedIn, collects a bunch of you know your work history how long you've been there education what kind of organizations clubs and so all this information is being aggregated and it's available and so a lot of companies now including the crms that you know i work with uh you could actually get linkedin attached to the to the crm and so now when i pull up your contact i have all this other information uh, about you that I didn't know and sometimes some of this stuff can even tell me that you left the company before it's announced because all of a sudden I was getting this email string into my company from you from you know dot you know company that you know dot com and you're no longer there and now it's coming from you know abc.com and so I know that you're no longer with company.com and you are now with abc.com and so now I can react that way too I know that because you were my main contact or a contact and now you're gone I can go and start finding out who is your replacement or who's uh, on top of you or who's taking care of you before my competitors do. and so that's really in the context of like selling right that's kind that's of in the context of selling yeah. yes yeah. 
What about, because um, you, um, you're an expert in ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning, <laughs> Resource planning yeah. as well as CRM. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about how those are connected and how they should be connected? Yeah, yeah, and um, in, in, in most of the time, there are some where they're, they're all one unit, but a lot of times they're two different uh, packages, we'll call it, or two different resources that are connected together. And typically what ends up happening is on the CRM side, you're doing all that sales, marketing, campaign, trouble ticketing uh, wrapped around the company or the person. And then let's say they come to a point where they actually are, are getting a quote we can actually quote it into the CRM, and now they're interested in buying. So now we have an order, and we take that order out of the CRM, and we send it, the order over to the ERP, who is then now going to procure that order, however they do it, whether manufacturing or just fulfill. And then when that gets done, it comes back and says, this order's been you know, fulfilled, and so I know that now in the CRM. but also on the ERP side is the financials. So we'll also know when and if it got paid. So if the person on the CRM side is also responsible for collections, they will know also that that's not paid. So there's some information like that that, again, goes back and forth. But the only thing that the CRM's really wrapped around is that interaction to the individual or to the company. All the the fulfillment and all that stuff stays over on the, the ERP side of the world. And, and so how big of a company or what's the smallest company that could benefit from having both of those systems? Because that sounds like an investment. Sounds like a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, the CRM, I think, is pretty much every company. In some way, shape, or form, whether it even be on a spreadsheet or using you know Outlook as a basic piece of it, to uh, the ERP... Um, you know, you can almost use QuickBooks to a certain degree, um, but then, then, then you get you outgrow it, and then you need something. So it really depends on you know if you're manufacturing, you probably need it right out of the get go. If you're warehousing information, you know, warehousing product, probably so. If you're professional services, you can probably get away without having. So, Ali, um, you and I were having a discussion previously about contact centers and, and their role in customer experience management. Mm -hmm. um, and I had shared with you that I had heard an expert from Forrester talking about how some CX teams within organizations don't have any contact with a contact center. And, yep. and what, what's, what's the danger in that? Uh, there is so much information. You know, it, it, those are your frontline people. Besides, you take away your sales, you know, kind of thing. But those are your frontline people. When your customers are not happy or have a concern or any questions at all, that's where they're going. And, and so these representatives know more about your customer base than what you do because they're talking to them. They're the ones that are, you know, going back to the, you know, data collection, they're the ones that if they hear a dog barking in the, the background, they can hear, you know, dog, and they can enter in, has a dog. And they <laughs> might even say, 
Oh, I can hear your dog. What's your dog's name? Oh, it's Fido. And they're putting in Fido. Mm. You know, and any interaction like that. They might say something like, oh, I just got back from the hospital. My mom's in there and stuff. And so mm. that's stuff that can be captured in notes, mm. you know, in the CRM system that is done through a dialogue. It's not going to come up in a survey. It's not going to come up in any organized communication with them because this is more of a relaxed conversation. And so they, there's, there's just a wealth of information that just sits right there. So what do you think is, you know, if, if CX teams were to interact and engage with contact centers, what's, what's the best way for them to get information? Well, first of all, one of the, the, a good way is to be able to train your CSRs to key in on certain like buzzwords or certain content that we're looking for to be able to put that information in the system. But the other, quite frankly, is to have, and, and I would say this for anyone within the organization, is to go into the contact center and just spend time listening to calls, listening to what the customers are actually interacting with you on. You ever uh, recommend that sort of the big bosses actually man the phone? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because those are your sponsors, right? Those are the guys or gals who are going to, you know, approve the expenditures, approve the processes, or, or even get to know exactly what you do. That's definitely, they, they, they gain a lot of just knowing what their organization is actually doing. Um, Absolutely. I've, I've always felt this, the way you mentioned about the call center. They always need to know more about your products. And they do. It's all up to date, and you know they know exactly what the trend is right now. Yeah. Then when you visit them, sometimes, unfortunately, they feel like they're, you, you get the sense that they feel neglected, like nobody's been. You know, no one wants, yeah, no one spends time yeah. with them. And you're absolutely right, because they're hearing from ideas from the customers all the time. Like, man, I wish it came in red, or I wish it had a little doodad on it. And that never gets to where it needs to go, you know? I mean, it, it just gets filtered, or, or you know, maybe the, the, the person that heard it, the rep, didn't catch quite what they were saying, or didn't think it was important enough to, to raise the concern. Where's it going? Is it going to AI? Are we going to replace humans in the near term? Well, Have we already? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, we already are to a certain degree. You know, start up a chat anywhere and, and, and then just start, just ask a question that's just really weird. Like, is Mars, you know, going the wrong way around Earth? And, and see what kind of response you get. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the initial parts are, even on the voice side, sometimes when you're talking, sometimes you really know, you know, because of the way they, they chat, but sometimes that dialogue is really good, and you don't necessarily know it's not a person. I know this call center that um, they, they do outbound stuff, and they used to have people actually talking, but what they've done now is they've got all these recorded sound bites that when there's an interaction, they're actually just kind of like hitting buttons. And, and, and so it's the same person, it's delivering the right message, and they're just hitting it out. But if you ask a question that's not recorded, then that's when, you know, that's when you can kind of figure out what's going on. But, yeah, the artificial intelligence is there. Part of it is good. Um, 
because it helps with the routing, right? So you call up and they say, hey, you know, say hit one for this, two for this, because that gets annoying. They say, well, I'm calling about my bill regarding boom. And so we say, okay, bill, and in this particular area, let's get let's get it over to rather the billing department or this area that can specialize in that. So that's one less hop I have to make in, in getting to somebody. The other, you know, the downside of it is, is like I mentioned, if, if, if they don't have a solution for what I'm exactly asking about, then that kind of gets stuff trumped up. Um, and then the hard part is, is because they're not staffing as much as I'll say they used to be, um, you wait longer to talk to an actual person. Right. So if you have to go to that level, then there's not so Yeah. So Wally, you bring up a really good point that now contact centers are taking on different forms, um, whether it's through online use of AI or mm -hmm. chat rooms. Um, or more and more customers are reaching out through social media to contact organizations. Um, how do you think that shapes their expectations for those interactions and, and what they expect to get back in return? Yeah, and, and I think this is this way, like, I'll say through time, you know, when you when you first introduce something, it has a value, right? And, and the customer will perceive it as a experience value. And then after a while, it's no longer a value, it's an expectation. And so it, in order to keep that, you know, value proposition, you got to keep upping up the game. And so, you know, companies that don't, keep up with the trend are going to be, you know, outdated really quick. You know, again, chatting used to be, you know, this new thing. Maybe we'll try it. Now, if you don't have a chat, you're, you're, yeah, you're losing out. How do you, uh, how do you, tr uh, how do you rate yourself or how, what metrics are best in order to see how you're doing? Well, in the call center, they have all kinds of, um, you know, metrics from, you know, the number of calls, handle time, first time, you know, one time call resolution, you know, all kinds of uh, volume stuff like that. What's really hard is that customer experience measure. And, and, and so that's the hard part. You know, what was at the end, what was that customer feeling or, or, or what were they like? There's actually, um, uh, technology out there now that actually is kind of monitoring if it's a voice contact or even a text contact. They're monitoring that interaction, and if there is a heightened level of conversation or intensity, it, it can escalate to somebody before that call gets done so that maybe somebody else can interact with it so mm -hmm. it doesn't blow out of proportion. So maybe a supervisor can help a customer rep get out of it or you know say hey i'm obviously not able to help you but i'm going to get you right now to somebody and do a warm transfer or something who can help you better with this scenario i got a uh, um i got a really interesting question at the end of yeah. an interaction with a contact center so it's one of these ones where you, you call in at the the beginning of the com before they anybody's going on the line They'd ask if you're willing to stay for a one-question survey at the conclusion of the encounter, and I said yes. 
Yeah. And the, the question was really interesting on a scale of one to five with one being very unlikely and five being very likely, how likely would you be to hire the person you talk to oh, for yeah. a customer service position? Mm -hmm. oh, I, wow. thought, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. It wasn't overall satisfaction. Basically it was to what extent did this individual perform in their role in a successful way? And, uh, Jen, I guess I've had really good conversations and I've given fives. I would imagine if I scored less than five, there might be a follow-up phone call or an additional question yep. to, to understand um, why I didn't score them that much. That was, that was very smart because when I used to run call centers, you know, we're, you're always looking for good talent. I would actually uh, approach someone who had just given me great service, whether it been, you know, at mm. a restaurant or somewhere else. Mm. Um, I would try to recruit them, mm. you know, and so that was that was my way of pre-interviewing them. Obviously, they had no idea, but um, you know, it's like a great way, and I think that's a great question because if you're willing to hire them, that means that there's something there, and there yeah. could be a potential of somebody, you know, recruiting yeah. right on, you know, while they're dealing with your. Yeah, um, I, I thought that was a great follow-up yeah. question. So, Wally, one of the things that kind of got us, led us to this discussion today was your, you know, you and I were talking about the customer experience. And for most of us, when we think about it, we think about it from the customer standpoint and all their mm -hmm. contact points and whatnot. But you offered kind of a unique view of that that in, included CRM. You want to share that a little bit and expand on it? Yeah, so getting back to that whole, um, I'll say the CRM part of it, again, you're, you're gathering all this information, you're customizing it to the, each role within the organization and, and what they may need. So the CRM can, can you know, kind of going back to that stealth thing, it's, it's the tool that's kind of on your belt that is helping each individual area and, and, and able to present that in a quick, orderly fashion so that you can, again, have a conversation with the customer that is um, yeah. really helping them with their experience. And, and, and part of it is the people that are delivering that don't necessarily consider themselves customer experience-facing people because they don't, they don't necessarily uh, directly interact with the customer. They're a supporting role. So we need to get back deeper into the organization and let those people say in the IT department know that when they are uh, providing a solution or when they're working on something that may have rather a performance or uh, a change uh, to a system, that that impacts the customer experience because the people that are delivering that, if they don't know that a screen's change in the the data that they were expecting on the left is now in the lower right, and now they're going to hunt for it. The customer can sense that delay, and mm -hmm. it makes it seem like you don't know me at all. And so that's the type of thing that really needs to get deep into the organization of, you know, the everybody's involved in the customer experience. You may be supporting the person that actually has the interaction, but what you do impacts it. So is that why I often get put on hold for two to two to four minutes while, oh, while, yeah, they're, they're, while they're hunting for information? They are. And, and, 
Time about the knowledge management piece of it. Yeah. So a lot of CRMs have knowledge management built right into them. But if the question's not in there or they don't know how to ask the question or it's not organized mm. very well, then, mm. yeah, they have to go hunt or they're calling mm. somebody to help or, you know, their, their you know, neighbor cube or whatever saying, mm. hey, how do I handle this? Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah, exactly Tom, that. Tom guy, he's like flashing red on the screen. And <laughs> Here comes the problem customer. <laughs> yep. Hey, I'm a nice well, guy. And that, that's a very important part because uh, so in the CRM system, you can also categorize customers as being VIP, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we want to say every customer is, you know, a valued customer, but that's mm -hmm. not always true. And some mm -hmm. have more value than others. You know, we have mm -hmm. customers that, you know, when they buy, you know, they buy a lot or they buy high margin stuff. And so, you know, economically and their, their value, and you might have somebody who's buying, you know, a, you know, a $1 item, but every time they buy it, they're calling in and talking about it. And so you need money on that sale every time they buy. And so it's good to categorize that kind of stuff. Well, this has been a this has really been an interesting discussion. I think we can have some follow up discussions about best practices in CRM and best practices in, in contact centers. Uh, Wally, I want to thank you for the time you spent with us today, and look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Wally. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.